in today's show, we're talking about statistical correlations. Does that sound dry? Hope I make it interesting. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen. Every day, we are free and we are available on all platforms. So I'm here to talk about statistical correlations. I am currently away, so if something's happened in the NBA, I apologize. The pre-recording this because it does have long-standing value. What's the point? What is the point of um, of correlations? Why do we pay any attention to this at all? And this is something I started to look at last season. And I think it's interesting to note because when we're looking at players and projections and drafting and trading and all those sort of things, I think it's important to know how the stats marry up with value and how they interact with each other in terms of when we're punting and you know, further digging into my ideas about the value of turnovers and how we assess that in a fantasy league. We might as well, should we, should we drop a warning now? Cause I'm, my show's not, we'll get there in a second. Warning, we'll get into the calculations, but what is correlation? It's basically looking at a graph. You've got a Y axis vertically, an X axis horizontally, and then you've got data points and they're plotted on that graph. And a perfect correlation between the two data points would mean that there is a straight line that passes directly through all of those dots. That gives you a correlation of one. That means that the value in the y-axis is 100% totally correlated and dependent, dependent on what happens on x. If x doubles, y doubles, or whatever the ratio is, but it's always the same. That gives you a value of one, a straight line correlating. If you've got a correlation of zero, what that means is there is absolutely zero interaction, zero correlation between those two variables. Meaning whatever happens to Y doesn't necessarily happen to X or doesn't happen to X at all. There is no relationship between those two things whatsoever. Or to give an example of correlation, like in general, there's a relatively positive correlation between height and weight in humans. The taller you are, the more you weigh, because this is more body mass. Now that obviously changes, not perfect correlation because you can be overweight, underweight, but in general, that line will be a positive correlation. That's, that's pretty straightforward stuff. The other thing would be like temperature on a given day versus sales of sunscreen. Usually, the hotter it is, more people are outside, going to the beach, more people think they're going to go buy sunscreen. That will usually be a relatively positive correlation. Not perfect, but relatively positive. The hotter it gets, the more sunscreen that gets sold. In terms of looking at zero correlation, you might be looking at the stats of how many green t-shirts were bought versus how many black Mercedes were bought. There's no correlation between those two things whatsoever. 
does just because someone buy starts buying more green t-shirts doesn't mean that then people are going to start buy, buying more black Mercedes. That is complete zero correlation. There's no reason for those two things to be related because they're not. So that's what we're trying to look at here across fantasy basketball statistics. What are the things that tie in together? What are the things that can be important when you're trying to decide between two players in a trade, in a draft pick, as a waiver wire move? What are the things that work together? What are the things that make sense? What are the things that when you're looking at punting strategies in category leagues, what are the things that work together? What would be smart to punt together? What would be idiotic to punt together? That's what we're trying to get some determination of here. It's also now I've got two years of data on this information and you'll see that the correlations, this is, this is across the top 200 players in fantasy last season. The correlation is relatively the same. So we're getting an idea of the way the modern NBA works, of how the statistics interact with each other. So when we are building punting strategies and working out how these players you know, project and what we can do with them, it's, it's getting to be where we've got a decent chunk of data here. So let's look at the correlations. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> we will start with points leagues. Two, now, there's no point in me doing what is the correlation between fantasy points and real points scored because we know that. Like, every time you score a point, you get a fantasy point. Um, and that is... Maybe maybe there was some use in doing that, but I don't think that's important here because when we're talking fantasy points, we know what a player has scored. We know what they scored last year. We know what they scored the last week, the last two weeks. And honestly, in a fantasy point setting, it doesn't really matter how you get the points. It's just, do you get them? When we're trying to project guys out, hey, if your value in category leagues comes from steals and blocks, that doesn't translate as well or comes from high free throw percentage. It doesn't translate that well to fantasy points leagues. We know that, but that's all baked into either projected fantasy points numbers or the numbers that do actually occur. What is important to note is that there are very strong correlations in fantasy points leagues between two things, minutes and usage. Now, as a general rule, if you're looking at a correlation number of 8, or sorry, 0, 0 0.8 up to 1, incredibly strong correlation. I will tell you now that nothing hit 0 0.8 this year. But anything that's sort of between 0.6 to up to 0.8 is a pretty strong correlation that when you look at those numbers together, you go, ah, yeah, okay, those things work with each other. Um and they make sense together. And that's where we are when talking about fantasy points leagues and the correlation between usage and minutes. Depending on, on what sources and what you're sort of looking at, like 0.8 is a very strong, or some might say 0.75, or some might say 0.7, and anything below a 0.4 or a 0.35 is a pretty weak correlation. So we use those sort of ideas there. For fantasy points leagues, the correlation between fantasy points scored and a player's usage is Really pretty strong. Last season, it was at 0 0.701. This season, the correlation's actually gotten closer, 0 0.734. One of the best correlations we had across everything that I did. So that, I think, is really important to note, that when we're looking at fantasy points production and players that are going to jump up or players that are going to step back, look for players who move into a position where they are likely to get more usage. And if a player... Bradley Beal, moves to a situation where they are likely to get less usage, maybe even Bradley Beal's former teammate, Christos Porzingis, Porzingis, then you have a fairly decent idea that their overall fantasy points production will drop off.
that is something that was true last year. It is something that is even more true based on the numbers from 22-23, is that the higher usage you get, the more fantasy points you score. And remember what usage is. Usage is the amount, the percentage of plays when you're on the court that you finish. And there are only three ways to finish a play. Shooting a field goal, shooting a free throw, or turning the ball over. So it's why it's important to note here is that usage includes turnovers, which of course are a negative fantasy points stat. It's a sta- I'm using standard fantasy points here. A standard fantasy points league has a minus one for turnovers, yet the fact that higher usage means more fantasy points means that all the other stuff that is uh, associated with usage is more important than the negativity that turnovers bring to the scoring. So a negative 0.34 correlation between fantasy points and usage. The other thing, which again, this is relatively intuitive, but I think it's, it's good that we've got the data. Last season, the correlation between fantasy points and minutes played was 0.722. Quite a strong correlation. It's up again. 0.742. So your absolute basic discussion on value of players in fantasy points leagues, yes, it's how many fantasy points they score. That's obviously true. But get more usage, get more minutes, equals you know, step, you know, step four, profit, gain more fantasy points. Easy. Not easy, but and it's not perfect, pretty clearly, because if it was perfect, we'd be sitting at a correlation of one. And we're not even sitting at 0.8. But they are tight correlations, and the correlation between usage and fantasy points and uh, fantasy points in minutes improved this season. So we got to even a better better base on that. So a player who might stand to lose usage or play fewer minutes is more than likely going to see a reduction in their overall fantasy points. So for those of you in points leagues, when you're deciding something between two different players, usage and minutes are your two big, big factors in determining ups and downs or buy lows and sell highs. That is one of those, or they're very, very strong correlations between those two things. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. It is tough in life. There's so many things that always go on. We know this. And sometimes we are faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. What do you do with relationships? What do you do with jobs? What do you do with school? What do you do with whatever it is? And it's, we don't always have all of the answers. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you help to navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you don't click with that therapist, which is a really important thing, you've got to be able to have that rapport with a therapist, um, BetterHelp will enable you to switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash locked on NBA today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash locked on NBA. So points leagues correlations. If you are a points league player, you can probably move on from here because we're talking category league stuff now. And let's get into it because there's some really interesting things to look at here. We talked about fantasy points and minutes and fantasy points in usage and how tight those correlations were. They're not quite as tight in a category league. And I think there's some intuitiveness about that as well. I think we sort of know it. 
Last season, the correlation between fantasy rank and usage was 0.564. Not bad, but not great. It went up this year, so the higher usage players ranked a little bit higher, plus uh, 0.614. So not a bad correlation, pretty good, not great. Last season, there was a big correlation between fantasy rank and minutes, 0.751. This year, it did drop to 0.693, but a little bit of a tighter correlation. So much like with points leagues, although the gap is starker in category leagues, that minutes are a little bit more important in determining overall fantasy value than what usage is. Minutes trump usage is our takeaway across category leagues and points leagues. The importance of usage and minutes are way more pronounced in a points league than they are in a category league. There's still a positive correlation. There's still a strong correlation, but not. Yeah, we're looking for generally over 0.7, and that 0.69 is not far off. So rank and fantasy rank and minutes is pretty close to being considered a good correlation, um, but it did just drop a little bit this season. But they are always, again, when we're talking defaults and tiebreakers, when we're looking at guys like who's just going to get the more minutes is usually a way that we can feel okay about our decision if we don't really know how to break a tie. A bloke might get 30 or he's a bench player getting 25. You think they might be similar otherwise? Like Just go the minutes guy. That's that's as a general, again, the very basic rule with no context, no specific situations taking into consideration. But it's always good to have a baseline rule in your head so you understand just if you run into that problem, look, that's that's a default. That's a way you can go. And it has held true across two seasons. Usage not as important in category leagues. Still okay, but not as important. But minutes are, and minutes are, and usage is for points leagues as well. Let's go through all of the nine categories now and show how the correlations um, play out between those categories. We start with the points category. And fantasy points is the most tightly correlated or positively correlated in terms of absolute values than any other category. It has three pretty strong correlations, three of them over 0.5, including one of the biggest ones out there. Points and threes correlate, and they actually went up this year, they're at 0.535. So points and threes, you get someone with some points, you're generally going to give your threes category a bit of a boost. It's not 100% that way, but those two things will drag along together. This is also one of those things, and I think the takeaway from this is not necessarily the strength of the numbers, but the takeaway from it is when we talk about you know, getting points in, in fantasy drafts, they dry up, but part of the reason that they can be important is that they are so important to a lot of the other numbers that we pay attention to as well. And if you then work into a punt points type situation, you can see how the value also turns around that way. So we've got pretty strong correlation between points and threes. Pretty strong correlation between points and assists. It was 5.52 last year. It's 5.30 this year. Still, it's not perfect. It's not great. But the big one that we see there, the gigantic correlation is turnovers. The more points a player scores, the more turnovers they have. Last year, 0.713. Pretty, pretty strong correlation. This year, 0.790. Just an absolutely gigantic correlation. Meaning, if you are, this is how, this is the takeaway from this for me. If you are a team that is striving to be competitive in the points category, you are going to be bad at turnovers. That is what this tells you. It is the finest of fine lines to try and get all of these high scorers 
who don't turn it over. That is a very hard thing to do. So as a general rule, more than any other combination of any other category, including minutes and usage, is that points and turnovers are the two that are put together. Now, of course, the correlation is, you could say it's actually negative because the more points you score, the worse you are in turnovers. But in terms of just volume of numbers, more points, more turnovers. Really clear thing. But what that for us means as a fantasy player is the more points a player scores, the worse they're going to be in the turnover category. And it's correlated really highly. That is something that is vitally important, I think. It is very hard to be super strong in both points and turnovers. There are some very weakly, unbelievably weakly correlated stats here with points as well. And that doesn't mean that if you have high points, you have low of these numbers. It just means there is no relevance between them at all. And I thought seeing the absolutely no relevance between points and field goal percentage was interesting. Negative 0.064, one of the weakest negative correlations you could see. And by that negative correlation, it means that the the more points you score, the slightly lower your field goal percentage. But it's not really correlated at all. And that goes with blocks as well. You would think in general, oh, a lot most of the uh, scorers aren't really getting blocks in in huge amounts. But it's not really some some scorers might get a lot of blocks. Some scorers don't. There's just no correlation between those two. So that means you you probably you know, if you are strong in points, you could be great in blocks, but you might be bad in blocks. You might be great in field goal percentage. You might be bad in field goal percentage. There's no relationship between those ones. In terms of some weak correlations, well, the others are all weak. Points and rebounds, 0.198. Correlation dropped from last year. Points and steals. Steals is such a wonky category. We're going to do another show on this one, year-to-year correlations, and I expect that steals will show to be the worst year-on-year correlation. Points and steals, 0.198, and points and free throws at 0.319. Like, it's very, very weakly correlated. Like, the more points you score, it's weakly correlated that you have a better free throw, or you'll have better steals, or you'll have better rebounds, but not enough for us us to matter. But the key thing is there, the impact of turnovers and the fact that assists and threes are pretty tightly bound in there to, to point scoring relatively tightly uh, put in there. So when you are point punting, so the, I guess the takeaway there is you, you punt points and your your turnover value goes way high. You become good in turnovers. But punting points means, hey, I've got to really start to pay attention here to assists and threes because they tend to come from the players who score a lot of points. Let's look at threes. Threes don't have many. We've got one solid enough correlation. And it's relatively easy to figure it out. It's field goal percentage. The more threes that you score, the worse your field goal percentage is. That number last year was negative 0.625. This year, it's negative 6.18. So we're not at the 0.7 cutoff to be very good, but we're still pretty good at point over 0.6. So more threes that a player scores, the general likelihood is your field goal percentage is going to be worse. You can still do it where both are strong. It's harder to do though. And that's because of the outdated nature of using field goal percentage as a way to assess players' value in the NBA and in, field go- and in fantasy basketball. I think we should get rid of it and it should be replaced by effective field goal percentage. But what do I know? I can't control how sides do it. But it just makes sense. Threes are a more valuable shot in the NBA, but they go in at a lower percentage. So it makes it seem like you're worse at field goal percentage when in fact you're being more efficient overall. But that's what happens in fantasy. When players start stretching their game out and taking more threes, their overall contributions in field goals come down. We know this. The data bears it out. 
There's nothing that's completely uncorrelated with threes, but there are a bunch of weakly correlated ones. Threes and rebounds, negative 3.87, or negative 0.387, sorry. So the more threes you get, the fewer your rebounds are, but not a super strong correlation. Threes and assists are positively correlated, 0.317, but not really strongly. Steals, 0.187, not really correlated at all. Steals, uh, threes and blocks, negative, much like with field goal percentage. Negative 0.48, but there's still shot blockers who hit threes. Shout out Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, Jaron Jackson. That's becoming more and more in the league. Um, that correlation moved from being negative 0.472 last season, where it was much a bit of a stronger correlation, stronger negative correlation, to being negative 0.48, getting closer to the... Uh, there's no real link between blocks and threes. We're not there yet. There still is a weak link, but it is becoming weaker year on year so far. Free throw percentage in threes. We often use college free throw percentage as an indicator of a player's three-point proficiency moving forward. It's not a super tight correlation here between threes and free throw percentage. And it does get brought down by some guys who are good three-point shooters. Look, Joe Harris, for example, great three-point shooter, but couldn't hit free throws. And I don't know why. But that went from 0.478 to 0.449. So positive correlation, more threes, more high free throw percentage, but not super strong that it matters that much for us. Let's look at how rebounds correlate across. A couple of decent strength correlations here. Absolutely no correlation whatsoever between assists and rebounds. Last year, there was a very, very minute negative, negative 0.22. There's no, no negative 0.022. And this year, it's positive 0.078. So basically, nothing. If you have high rebounds, you might have high assists. You might have low assists. It doesn't correlate at all. And I think the way that Giannis, Luka, uh, Jokic, they're probably the main ones who come in with these big rebound, big assist numbers, um, can throw that correlation off. Because I, I would say that in the past, LeBron, obviously another one, in the past, you know, 10, 15 years ago, this would have been much a much bigger absolute number, like a negative 0.5 or a negative 0.6 between rebounds and assists. But now it doesn't matter. You can punt rebounds and that doesn't mean you'll be good at assists. It might, You might be good, but you might not be. They're independent of each other. Rebounds and steals, like everything with steals, it's weakly correlated. It's a negative correlation, but it's still pretty weak. Uh, blocks and rebounds, not surprisingly, 0.527. So not, not bad correlation. The more blocks you get, the more rebounds you get as a general rule. And rebounds and field goal percentage similar. That actually went up from 0.544 to 0.586. So a stronger correlation. Still not hitting the 0.7 there, but positive. And we sort of understand that, is that rebounds will tie in with blocks and field goal percentage pretty nicely. There's also, it's not quite strong, but negative correlation between rebounds and free throws. Negative 0.423, meaning that the higher rebounds you get, the lower free throw percentage you have. We're not talking super tight correlation. It's moderately correlated, meaning there's something there, but it's not 100%. You can still recover from it, but it is, there is an impact on it. And then turnovers and rebounds, it's not a zero. It's not a huge negative. Some people would have said, well, the higher rebound players I expect will be the low turnover players. But that's not what this number shows. What this number shows is that the higher rebound players, they do get... Slight, like the turnovers in general are slightly higher, but as a you know, as a point two three nine correlation, meaning that it doesn't it doesn't really match up. It's like you could be high rebounds and low turnovers, or you could be high rebounds and high turnovers. We're getting close to that. Yeah, you know, it's closer to zero than it is to point seven. 
mean, if you are at zero, that means there's no relationship between those at all. So being a team that's good in turnovers doesn't necessarily bring you up to having good rebounds. Let's look at assists. Assists, probably the highest correlation with steals. In fact, I'll go and have a look at my actual list. I'm pretty sure that is the highest uh, correlation with steals. Yes, it is. Um, And that's good to know. It's still not perfect. Steals is a weakly correlated stat in general. But 0.477 assists to steals. Not bad. Right? Higher your assists, your higher your steals as a general rule. But not perfect correlation. Assists and blocks. The more assists you get, the fewer blocks you get, but only a 0.326. The more assists you get, the lower field goal percentage at negative 2.47 or 0.247. Keep saying that wrong. Um, So very weak correlation or weak correlation. Assists and free throws, equally weak positive correlation. More assists, more free throws. And this is the general thing that we have always thought is that, yeah, the guards will get you threes, assists, steals, free throw percentage. That's what we've always thought. But the correlations between a lot of these things aren't the way they used to be with more positionless basketball and multi-skilled players, that it's not as easy to see as that. And that's what part of this is trying to show us, is that it's a, it's about the player, not necessarily the position and what numbers they're bringing. Because some of those old things where we thought, well, yep, you get a guy, it's rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, um, low turnovers. It doesn't work that way. Or assists and steals and free throws and threes, and they all tie in together. And it's not quite that. One of the biggest and the absolute biggest correlation last season was assist to turnovers. The more assists you had, the more turnovers you had as one of the most highly correlated things we had. In fact, it was by far the most highly correlated thing we had, 0.826. This year, it's still high, not quite as high, 0.740. Meaning again, it is very, very hard to have a very good assist number and very low turnovers. It is possible, but those two things are almost inextricably linked. And this is where, again, where I tie back to my turnover argument, is that when the two biggest correlations are between turnovers, one category, and two others in points and assists, that's what makes that category quite weird, especially the negative nature of it, um, and you know, the, the players who don't play any minutes getting high numbers, all that sort of stuff. But high turnovers will get you, in general, more points and more assists. Two categories versus one. You punt points, it makes it harder to get assists, and then your turnovers will get lower as well. So often when you're punting points, you're adding assists into that group. It's very hard to avoid that. That is, you're so far in the show, that is one of the biggest takeaways. If you are looking at a punt points, you're probably looking at a punt assists as well. It'll definitely bring your turnovers up, but that's probably how you're looking at it. Let's look at steals. It's just weak correlation. Steals are a number that come from anywhere. Like steals steals and blocks, negative 0.244. Yeah, higher steals, lower blocks, but not enough to matter. Steals and field goals, negative 2.8. Higher field goals, lower steals. All right, but not really tightly correlated. Steals and free throws. Higher steals, higher free throws. Sure, but 0.165 is a very low number. Even steals and turnovers is not correlated. It's 0.255. So more steals more turnovers. And I think part of that is just going to be, the correlation there is going to be, well, you just play more minutes. That's a general rule. The more minutes you play, the more likely you are to turn it over. Steals just have really, really weak correlations across uh, every category, really. They just don't, we don't get big uh, correlation numbers. In fact, the biggest correlation between steals and anything, if I have a look at it, it is steals and assists at 0.477. It never hits 0.5. 
So steals just don't correlate to anything. They don't correlate to points or threes or rebounds or assists or blocks or field goals or free throws or even turnovers. The highest is a steals and assists, and it's not even at 0.5. So steals are just a wacky category. But look at the blocks number. Blocks and field goal percentage, relatively good. Yeah, not bad. 0.505. So still not strong, but moderate. Moderate correlation. Makes sense. Higher field goal percentage, higher blocks. Not perfect, but it's close. Higher blocks, lower free throws. Okay. That tends to make some sense, but it's not as clear-cut as the blocks and field goals comparison. And blocks and turnovers, absolutely no correlation at all. Negative 0.091. And that goes back again to what I was saying before, that if you are high in rebounds and high in blocks, the the idea was, well, I've got a lot of big men, therefore my turnovers were going to be you know pretty strong. That's not the case. They're just not related to each other at all. And I think that's that's somewhat of a surprise to see, to be honest. And we'll get to the other one of those categories in a second. But I think it is a, a little bit of a surprise to see just how weak the correlation is between turnovers and rebounds and turnovers and blocks. I think that that is that has to be somewhat of a surprise. Um, field goal percentage and free throw percentage. Higher field goals, lower free throws. We sort of knew that. It's not particularly strong. And the correlation got weaker this year. It was negative 4.63 last year. It's negative 0.396. That's a weak correlation. You can have guys with high percentages in both. You can have guys with low percentages in both. It can go both ways. More likely to be one high, one low. That's more likely, but it's still a weak correlation. And then, as I said, you want to correlate rebounds and blocks, or you want to correlate sorry, rebounds and turnovers and blocks and turnovers. Well, the other thing you'd normally put in there is that field goals percentage and turnovers. That's big, man. They don't turn it over. That's how we boost that number up. No correlation again. Negative 0.09. That's just no correlation between field goal percentage and turnovers. It doesn't really tie in there with anything. And the last uh, correlation we look at there is free throws and turnovers. And marginal positive, 0.173, but not enough to make a big difference. So I want to look just entirely at what the turnover correlation is because they've got some real big ones. Points and turnovers, 0.79. Huge correlation. Points and assists, 0.740, huge correlation. And then you've got two of the lowest correlations, blocks and turnovers, negative 0.091, turnovers and field goals, negative 0.090. And then like very weak with steals, very weak with rebounds, very weak with threes, very weak with free throws. But two real big ones, the two biggest ones in category leagues involve turnovers and that's considering points and assists. So what were the 10 best correlations across everything that we did? Points and turnovers was the number one correlation. The tightest correlation you could get. You score more points, you get more turnovers. By far. Last year, I think that was third. This year, it's first. The second highest, fantasy points compared with minutes. The second next one, or the third one, assists and turnovers. As you'll see, turnovers, two of the top three correlations. That's at 7.74, and then fantasy points and usage. So there we had four correlations that went over 0.7. In fact, they all went over 0.73. Pretty, pretty strong numbers. Two of them were involving fantasy points, which we talked about at the very start, and the other two involved turnovers. The other high correlations was fantasy rank with minutes. Three, point, three pointers made with field goal percentage at 0.618. 
negative correlation, but still a big absolute number. Fantasy rank and usage at 0.614. Rebounds and field goal percentage at 0.586. Points and threes at 0.535. And points and assists at 0.530. And as I said, when you're punting points, points have the high... Turnovers have got the two correlations between points and assists. The points have three relatively high correlations between turnovers, threes, and assists. Although um, the points and turnovers is a, is a negative... Yeah, negative, so to speak, in terms of how that value uh, plays out. In terms of you know, you're higher in points, you're going to be higher in turnovers, which is a negative to you. But you're higher in points, and you're likely to be higher in threes and assists as well. In terms of the worst correlations, which is not to be confused with negative correlations, these are just the ones where there is no association. They could be high, they could be low. It doesn't matter. They're not. They don't relate to each other. Points and blocks, almost zero. Points and field goals, almost zero. Again, interesting to see. Points, the points category either having high ones, really you know, tight enough correlations, or things that pay that are not related whatsoever. Which is, I think, it is somewhat that we've thought from a, I guess, an, I'm going to say eye test point of view, is we've always sort of thought, oh, yeah, you can get your assists, steals, threes, free throws from your guards, and rebounds, blocks, field goals, turnovers from your bigs, and points can sort of go everywhere. And I guess, I guess that's what it's, telling us is that if you have high blocks or field goals, you don't have to be a low scorer. You can be a high scorer. But if you are a guy that gets a lot of assists, you're going to probably score a lot of points. That tends to tie together. Rebounds and assists is a pretty weak correlation. Okay, Field goal percentage and turnovers is a weak correlation. Blocks and turnovers is a weak correlation. And free throw percentage and turnovers is a weak correlation. So turnovers have got that big correlation between points and assists and absolutely no relationship between blocks, field goals, and free throws. It's interesting to see that. that They don't tie in. It's not that there's big positives and big negatives. There's big positives, and then the ones that you might have thought would have been big negatives aren't. They don't relate at all. Steals and free throws is uh, in that list as well. So that was actually six. It's points, blocks, points, field goals, rebounds, assists, Field goals, turnovers, blocks, turnovers. Then steals and free throws, which I thought would have correlated better. We've always sort of had that idea. Again, that steals, assists, threes, and free throws go together. Steals and free throws don't. Um, Free throws and turnovers, 0.173. No real correlation there again. Threes and steals, we thought that would correlate more. It doesn't. Points and rebounds and points and steals at 0.198. So there are four individual points correlations on the worst correlations. And on the best correlations, we had um, three points correlations. So out of the eight different correlations that the points category has, they're either strong or completely or, or weak. There's no sort of middle ground. That sort of makes sense, There's, It's which is, I think, somewhat of an interesting discussion. So what does it, what does it all mean? What does all this tell us? Well, it tells us that I was able to pre-record this um, while I'm away, and show you something that is evergreen. You can come back and look at this in August, September, October. But what it does again tell me is that when we're looking in fantasy points leagues, minutes and usage are key. They're key. They are the things that drive fantasy points. When I'm talking about category leagues, minutes are important. They are one of the drivers of fantasy rank. But also that correlation between points and turnovers and assists and turnovers. That if you are looking to build a team with very good turnovers, so low turnovers, you're going to really struggle to bring in points and assists. And 
the way that you would think that the other categories would automatically boost up, they don't. Making that, building that height or that really strong turnover team are a relatively risky proposition. Given again that when you are at a risk of when your opponent loses games through to injury, they're going to become more competitive in that turnover category. I hope you're able to get something interesting out of this show. Just seeing those correlations, how year on year they are relatively the same in the way the stats work together. They're not identical, but the way they work together and the super high correlation with points, turnovers, assist turnovers, and fantasy points, minutes, and fantasy points usage. I think they're probably the biggest turn- takeaways there. Some you know, mild surprises in terms of the no correlation with some of those categories, but I think you, I think you can get something out of that. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up. And leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.